0: What is up, Bodyweight Warriors, and welcome back to another video. If you're watching on YouTube, you're going to notice that things look a little bit different to how we usually set up things, and that's because there is somewhat of a return of the podcast. Now, in the past, I've done podcasts pretty sporadically. It was more uh, like I wanted to have a conversation with somebody that I was particularly interested in at the time, and, and that's kind of how I set things up, asked some questions, and that was it. There was no really order to it, um, but I do really enjoy the podcast format, and especially because here on YouTube, I generally try to keep videos around that 10 minute mark. I think it's a nice amount of time that you can set aside to sit down something and condense some information into. But ultimately, because that is a little bit shorter, it means that we don't get to go into the weeds, into the details of things sometimes, uh, which I think is a little bit missed out on, especially on YouTube. It's nice to get some information, but sometimes it's nice to delve into the details, and that's kind of what I want to do. So Anyway today's episode is going to be with uh, the man, the myth, the legend Daniel Vadnor. Now this isn't particularly a podcast of sorts, it was actually for my Road to Planche series that I've just started here on YouTube, something that I'm going to be committing to for this year is developing the planche, a skill that I'm yet to achieve and I reached out to Dan and I was like mate can I ask you some questions about your own Planche journey because obviously Dan is, is on the larger side and he's had much of the same struggle so that was that was what our conversation revolves around mainly but ultimately we ended up just having a nice general chat. Now if you don't know who Dan is Fitness FAQs as I said he is essentially the granddad of calisthenics here on YouTube. Dan's been making videos for I think probably around a decade. He's been a practitioner, he's been a trainee when it comes to calisthenics for definitely way over a decade and he's the person who I actually first found and started learning from when I started getting into calisthenics so He's been a massive influence to me of creating content and a lot of the training that I do and I'm sure he's been a massive influence to hundreds of thousands of people as well with their calisthenics journey. He's wildly respected, he's achieved some incredible moves and he's a fantastic teacher. But I think that's enough of the introduction here. I'm going to let the actual conversation that we have do the talking. But before I jump into that one, I want to ask you guys a couple of questions. Number one is, is there any guests that you want me to personally interview? Now I'm very much open to suggestions. It doesn't have to be fitness related or it doesn't even have to be bodyweight related. It could be fitness related in a different sort of niche as such so we could do bodybuilding, gymnastics, dancing, uh, powerlifting, literally anything. I think there is a lot of insightful information to pull from different disciplines that we can also apply to our own practice and furthermore than that it doesn't need to be fitness in general there's more to life than just training and there's plenty of interesting conversations that we can have and we can take away let me know in the comment section down below if you have a recommendation somebody you want to hear from number two is you can also listen to this podcast not just here on youtube but you can also listen to it on apple Podcasts and on stitch i'll link to those in the description down below and i'll be working on uh, getting the spotify one set up as well so enough rambles without further ado let's jump into this conversation a little bit of the way through and i really hope you guys enjoy take it easy
1: just like, before oh just before our call i just watched your um the the video you're talking about that 15 minute one just to get up to speed that's classic the, man
0: yeah i had the latest one
1: yeah yeah it just um it, it blows your mind when you're like i was doing this five years ago you said that in the video it's like man, yeah. it doesn't feel like that long.
0: Well, so the thing was, I, you know, I occasionally go back and watch your um, your heavyweight plants video.
1: Oh, the classic, yeah. that, it, man, Even like I a... watched that like six months ago, like, <laughs> geez, I could do that then. Because <laughs> yeah. that's like,
0: that's like a, it's a motivational, like just, it's a good video to watch. Um, and yeah, I was like, because it was, it was coming up with the dates on it and it was like 2014. And I was like, when does he get to the bit where he like, and then I was like, it was like 20, it was 2016 or twenty seventeen, where you got the plunge?
1: Ish, yeah, like, like the ups like, and downs that, of it, yeah.
0: That in itself was like four or five years ago.
1: Yeah, know, was, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, what what what's but, happened with time?
1: But I mean, like, your what you said in the video was true about the progress expectations, because like, you you've taken a while to achieve it because you were doing so much else. I think the people that get those. Like six six month planches are just doing that. Like they literally do nothing else.
0: Yeah, they do. I, I was actually having to think about this literally this morning as I was making some coffee beforehand, um, and I was, I was thinking about like you, you always get these comments on on YouTube. where hear from here people are like, oh, so and so or this person. I, I got the planche in three months and like. Yeah, but you know what? We what else were you doing? Was it literally like you wake up, ate some cereal, and then. You took lunch all day and then went to bed. Now that was like, that is your yeah. life for the, for the people who achieve it in that short space of time. Yeah, I know.
1: Um, but it's your responsibility to convey that info. And you do, I know, which is good. <laughs> people love it, man. They like the realistic. It's like, it's not that you're not trying hard, but it's like, you're just aware that it's going to take time.
0: Yeah, I think as well, like, you know, we both do this for a job, right? But I don't think we're to the point in which we do this for a job and we're like professional athletes like we still we still have to work we still have to do things like as as much as anyone else watching videos we've got other stuff going on in our lives that we um, exactly we we gotta gotta do as well we gotta fit training in around that
1: yeah Um, yeah it's not like because this is our our job that we can just train for six hours on the planche like there's a point of diminishing returns you got one session a day just like everyone else for it so to speak
0: yeah I mean you might have a nice new gym just like you know 20 meters away, a few of so but, um, <laughs> yeah, like, you know, ultimately you just have, there's, there's only so much time and so much energy you have as well, um, and I think I kind of touched on that in, in that video you are talking about, that when I was at uni, I was training like two hours a day, six days a week, or two, three hours a day, six days a week, yeah. doing loads of stuff, whereas now I just, I can't, like, I don't have the time for it, maybe yeah. I could squeeze in if I really, really tried, but also I just wouldn't be able to recover, like I'm just, I'm destroyed tonight. Today I did 90 degree push up <laughs> session last night, and my shoulders are ruined.
1: Man, I, I I relate to that. Like I've been telling you with the the WhatsApp chats was like doing this backbridge stuff. That end range shoulder flexion, you don't get like the DOMS that you get from like a I don't know handstand push up, dips, all that stuff. But you get that like deep ache where you just weak and just sore. Like. Yeah, not, not yeah. sore sore but like just feel weak trying to adapt
0: the flexibility stuff is it hits it hits a little bit different as well doesn't it uh, yeah. do you almost feel like you, you not so it's not necessarily like you're weak is it you're, you're sore in the same sense as like strength training dumps, but you almost feel like uh, the the structure feels a little bit inhibited by, by exactly. the work exactly that's,
1: that's a really good way to put it you feel like you have to relearn the foundational motor patterns of like Handstand push-ups, dips, because your, I guess your movement capacity is a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I feel that I like as well. If you've done some heavy stretching, your 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 limbs are just in different places to where they would usually be. Yeah, yeah,
1: and it's a bit more of a challenge for you because you're so longer limbed, being tall. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I'm that much taller than you, um, but for some reason, especially with like our video that we did, it looked like I was I was way taller. I think I'm only like a couple. I think ten centimeters maybe in it. I think it's only active.
1: 10 that's a that's significant i think for height
0: yeah i mean i guess yeah maybe i but think then i then think like, my, arm, my arms are probably like 20 centimeters longer because yeah <laughs> it's got a long
1: you're arms. choosing the challenging goals for yourself that's for sure with um planches and whatnot but it's good man you need it
0: mm. when when you when you started training for the planche were you at all aware of that as a challenge? Like when you went into it were you like this is gonna be harder for me because I'm taller. Oh hundred percent,
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. It was always
0: something you're aware of.
1: Yeah, it was like a a personal challenge and just like vendetta that I had. Just, I wanna like defy the odds. Like, yeah, I'm 183 centimeters. Yeah, I'm doing squats and I've got bigger legs. But like, I just wanted to prove, I guess, to myself that I could stubbornly achieve it while doing what I guess other people didn't choose to do if that makes sense.
0: Do you mean choose to do in the, in the calisthenics community, like the, yeah. the weighted leg training and all that sort of stuff? Because I remember yeah. when we trained in London, like you were, you were damn strong. Um, yeah, thanks, man. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a little bit more um, haphazard with my leg training than you are, but you know, you're, yeah, you're doing some elite level. I mean, you probably wouldn't class it as elite level um, leg leg lifts, but ultimately, like you're squatting big numbers. Especially for a guy who calls himself a calisthenics athlete, like
1: yeah, I guess I've always liked doing, like having a balanced body and physique and what you can do with it. Just because I was always frustrated. What always frustrated me with calisthenics was people see it, they'll be like, "Oh, that's really impressive," but this person probably doesn't do uh, (laughs) squats, or this person can't lift X amount with you know this certain exercise. It's just, it's just like. Trying to fight for calisthenics and be like, okay, you can still do cool stuff with your body and have yeah. some some mass elsewhere and strength.
0: I feel like they, I feel like the um, the attack would be like, oh, this is all you do. You only do the body weight stuff. So like, okay, of course you're good at that, but you can't do anything else. But actually, in reality, like, obviously, yeah, training legs is a, is a little bit different. You have to really put the time into that. But I'm sure if you were to go do like some military press, some yeah, bench yeah. press or something, you'd be able to put up some. Some good numbers for somebody who only does yeah, yeah. body
1: weight training. Because I mean, if you have a foundation of, of size and just competence with those gross movement patterns, you can have no problem. You just have to teach your body how to do it.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: But I mean, I like I like doing that because then you get, I guess the just the instant respect from people that don't know, and it draws them into the calisthenics world. Because I think that. If someone sees someone that's really mobile, they'll be like, "Oh, it's because they, they don't have muscle." Or you know, there's always something to drag something down.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially with the flexibility sort of side of things, I think if, if you see somebody, if you see someone like Judy MuFu, who yes. is yes, who's, who's jacked and lifts ridiculous weight, and then also just does chair splits as well.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like it's just, it's just crazy to see. Like it's one of those things that just, as you said, there's. there's He's got so many factors down that it kind of blows your mind a little bit that somebody's able to do that.
1: Exactly, because you're doing this for so many years, you can actually appreciate what goes into developing that. Because it's hard enough to get one, like it's hard enough to be <laughs> yeah. mobile, but then have some muscle as well. Like it's it's yeah. it's a lot of work.
0: And he does he does tricking and and all sorts of things. So I'm like, damn, that's yeah, it's a, a lot of talent.
1: But he also <laughs> lives on a farm with a massive compound gym, so. He loves us. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He, I, I get the feeling he just sort of like chucks weight around and does crazy stuff every day.
1: I remember watching him when I was like just starting, like 17 18 I years really? old, and he was just just going spastic with it then too.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like she just come with, Like I can watch it for a little bit, but if I watch it too much, I kind of I, yeah, like, it's, 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 it's a, a bit, bit too, much too much to
1: handle. But... Yeah. <laughs> Especially when he was doing um, those videos like a few years ago, where he was doing like all those—it's like those ammonia, like oh yeah, it's like sniffing
0: sniffing stuff.
1: That's
0: Dude, mad
1: person. Yeah, yeah. Have it's you special. ever tried any of those? No, I haven't. No, probably. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you if that'd be, be a yeah. Again, if
0: you did one of them. <laughs>
1: haven't done mine in so long just whip that out to smash it <laughs>
0: <laughs> powerlifting meets plants training
1: oh that's a good one that's a good one actually
0: yeah wow yeah um, so what is I mean obviously at the moment your, your focus is is more on flexibility
1: yeah and I mean, that's that's but, the that's the main goal because like at, at this stage the next few products that we're going to release are going to be concerning mobility goals so Ooh. you know what it's like man like as a teacher you you just want to be able to practice what you preach like even though you could fundamentally explain all the concepts the science there's just something that you need to demonstrate it to get that full i guess buy-in from your students
0: yeah and i've, I've always had this conversation because obviously i've learned a lot from Emmett, and 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 people's usual response to Emmett is like oh, but Emmett doesn't train these things for them, and, and it's like, well, yeah, he doesn't, but he has done in some degrees and stuff. He understands the struggle. And I think that's what training it does teach is if you don't spend time doing the thing that you're going to teach, you never have any appreciation um, for for what it is that you're trying to do. It's like, I, I, although, you know, flexibility is kind of the thing that I share on, on YouTube. I don't do much of the, the martial arts sort of flexibility because I don't have appreciation for martial arts. Like, I don't understand... It, uh, well enough to, to really communicate that and, and like understand yes. the requirements from it so I feel like you putting yourself as not necessarily the guinea pig but just putting the time in, in doing the work you then understand what's required and, and you can teach it better I think that you know there'll be little things that you're going to pick up on having you know definitely you haven't come from the best genetic background as well which is an, an, another massive thing when it comes to the people on, on YouTube, especially the flexibility side of things, you kind of log in and it's like, okay, there's some 14 year old girl who says you can get splits in five minutes, and I'm like, yeah, that's that's cool, but yeah, oh, that's like, doesn't work like that. So,
1: ha- so how do you get this position? You just do it. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's it's a bit more involved than that. But I I love what you're saying, man. It's it's like you, you have to do it to see what works, and also more importantly to see what doesn't work. Cause like mm-hmm. I think with this day and age with the internet, you go on any social media platform. There's going to be fifty variations of the one thing. <laughs> our our role is to be find what works, absolutely master these movements, understand them very very well, and progress over time. Mm.
0: So how how do you feel about that? Because obviously uh, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. Is is the the social media influ like social media fitness versus what actually works like do you you find yourself you know do you get do you get do you get drawn in by those people posting all these crazy variations or do you find yourself having to reiterate the same ones and be like no guys look the basics work
1: oh that's a that's a good question
0: be consistent
1: yeah i mean i'd be i'd be lying if i said i wasn't guilty of uh titling things or approaching things in a way to draw people in because I mean you would not have a viable business and living if you didn't but I like to think that when people come in I give them the actual substance. So if it's yeah. if it's if it's a program or something like that, I, I like to incorporate what works and really drill that home and um, yeah trying not to get swayed by too much variation.
0: No, I think that's fine. I th- I th- you know, as you, you, you're quite right in saying you've got to play the game with um, social media stuff. Like at the end of the day, if you're putting out good content, but you don't have something that's going to be eye-catching, actually have people watch it, then it's kind of useless to some degree. Cause-
1: yeah, because it's like, I mean, if, if people with less credibility, knowledge, skin the game, are using these tactics and teaching the people that are impressionable, Hell, I'm gonna use every tactic I can and back it up with decade of experience and you know, the knowledge to that I wanna share. So I know you do the same thing too.
0: I'll do my best. I'll do my best. Mm. Um I, I think it's I think it's good and I think people would never people are never gonna be upset if they click on a video and it's like a kind of not a clickbaity title, but just um a dramatic title
1: and then that was
0: dramatic it's dramatic don't do this or you'll lose all your gains yeah
1: yeah your body's gonna (laughs) fall off in one (laughs) day (laughs) oh
0: man yeah imagine
1: imagine tom starting in fitness now like you've never done anything you want to learn calisthenics you log on the internet would it be easier or harder now
0: if i wanted to learn calisthenics specifically if i wanted to like lift weights and, and do the general fitness stuff i think it'd be a, it, i'd be back to the same place i was when i was doing that which is just like the bro days of yeah pre workout drop set bicep curls all of that sort of stuff
1: yeah, there's nothing which wrong is, with a bit of that it's okay don't, <laughs> don't, don't, yeah don't tease me i
0: place for it um <laughs> i mean a 100% it would be it would be easier because there's just so much quality information out there um i feel like yourself as well like obviously i watched you when i first started learning calisthenics so you know there's that um but i think generally you know from yourself from calisthenic movements uh, from people like gambo red like there's so many people out there but also that so many people also makes it hard to then discern like what is the right i feel like there's a general consensus between people
1: yeah, but then there's like, a, there's like a nuance with like programming variations, and I think that can get people tripped up sometimes.
0: Yeah, certainly, and I think I, I think the the Reddit community is somewhat to blame for this because um, they go so, like obviously the Reddit community is great, um, and I spend a lot of time in this Reddit Reddit bodyweight fitness, and but I, they go so far into the detail into the weeds of like. The, the questions, the sort of things that they ask on there, that it's almost like it's counterproductive. Sometimes yeah. you just need to, to do the thing and do it consistently, and not worry too much about the, the nuance of it.
1: That's right. I mean, it's uh, the advice that I'd give to people is understand principles. You get that, and then like you can just yeah. apply it to everything. Like if you understand the basic principles of progressive overload, you can apply that to mobility train. You can apply that to calisthenics. You can apply that to just weight training. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, just um, do a little bit more than you, you did the last time.
1: Oh, I actually know who that's from. <laughs> There's a lot of <laughs> drama, drama with that. Was it, um, was it the, it's the, is it Greg? Greg Do. Du... Greg Do. That... Yeah, I think that's the name, yeah.
0: Oh my God, that, that guy is crazy. <laughs> see, <laughs> see,
1: we're doing it wrong. We need to have a more frequent upload schedule like three times a day just commenting on drama
0: i have no idea how the how the, is that just like a lack of drama maybe we need to start some drama in the California. yeah see
1: that's the see. problem there needs to be more beef there needs to be like <laughs> mayweather versus conor mcgregor version Calsex. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you know what actually i had uh, there's somebody commented on this um have you ever watched uh, shredded sports simons james linker he's an english guy
1: yeah 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 he made a video on me someone sent it so i uh, sussed him out
0: oh nice Oh, yeah, he did make a video on you um, and he actually commented in that video he was like the the quality of content in the calisthenics community is way higher than the quality of content in other fitness communities yeah. and he wasn't sure what the reason for that was but he just said like the people who are presenting information generally present less bullshit information than like in the generic fitness community
1: I think that that like generalization can be applied just to the temperament of people that do calisthenics like from my experience, always really friendly, welcoming, There doesn't Mm. tend to be too much like toxicity or negativity. But like you go into a bodybuilding gym, you don't get that like, I guess, welcoming community aspect that you would have at like a park, like a Cal Snakes park.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely... I would say the same thing. I've always, every time I've turned up to some trainers and bars, people have always been yeah. like, oh, give this a go and do I wonder why that, cool. that is because you uh,
1: wouldn't go to a gym where someone's like, oh man, I'm going to teach you how to uh, grow your biceps bigger. They wouldn't go out the blue to help you. Whereas if someone saw another person struggling with a front lever, they'd be like, do your eccentrics, grab a band, blah, blah, blah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's probably, I want to make a generalization here. We're not saying all... all Bodybuilders are, are, not, are not nice, but there's definitely. I think maybe do you reckon there's a bit of a, a bit more of an ego um, thing in in the lifting community because it's more about like who can lift the most weight or who is the biggest. I mean, there's definitely some of that in the in the calisthenics community, but I think it's maybe less prevalent. There's, Possibly,
1: there's... yeah. It seems it seems like it's more outcome focused with say a uh, um, calisthenics compared to building muscle approach. So it's not like me versus I don't know. Because you could still compare both, like you said. I'm not 100% yeah, sure.
0: But, but maybe because um, calisthenics is a little bit more of an individual, like training, because you're determined by your own body to some extent, right?
1: Yeah, That's and you- it's probably harder to, to compete in calisthenics as well with so many different, like it's like height affects it so much, weight affects it so much. It's probably a bit easier to have comparison with other activities. Because, like, you doing a planche and me doing, I mean, not the best example, but, you, you know, I'm trying <laughs> yeah, to say it. Yeah. <laughs> you're still pretty heavy. Until. Yeah, we're, we're both similar, but, yeah.
0: So, what happened to the planche? What I feel do you mean, like, what happened like, to the planche? I feel like I was I was watching fitness FAQs back in the day, and I was like, oh, this, this guy is, is a planche beast. Just, just cracking him out. And then, all of a sudden... There was there was no planche. Well,
1: Planche Pro was released, and I synthesised my long-term knowledge into uh, something that could help other people on their road to planche. So I ticked that box. I was achieved my my goal with the straddle planche, and mm-hmm. I've put it on the back burner.
0: Put it on the back burner. So how long how long was it for you? Because I know you obviously had. If you, anyone who wants to see, go back, uh, go watch um, Dan's video on on his heavyweight planche and It's just a a great video anyway and obviously countless other content that you've got on it. But like, how was it from when you were like, okay, I'm going to do the planche to when you got the planche?
1: Uh, It's hard to say because I had the ups and downs of um, losing motivation, not being consistent, stop training for it, picking it up again later. I think that's a very common thing for most people. Um, So that combined with also, getting injured during the process, like a a wrist injury, which is also yeah. on YouTube for people that want to suss that out.
0: And that was you were lifting, weren't you, in the bar, kind of caught yeah. your thumb.
1: Uh, I was on on the wrist, so I was doing front squats, and then I went to rack the bar, and then one side got uh, in the rack, the other side didn't, and I caught the weight halfway down. And long story short, uh, bony bruising and a ligament, pretty serious, like ligament tear
0: so obviously planches is very wrist heavy so yeah it's the sort of thing that would like really put a spanner in the works
1: yeah but like to answer your question I'd say in in my position it took me around that two to three years to achieve it because I was juggling so many other things I was doing heavy weighted calisthenics I was doing leg training and uh, also trying to do the planche so it took me three years because of trying to juggle so many things, um, initial lack of consistency because of not achieving results quick enough and also getting injured.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, getting injured is is the best way to make no progress.
1: Uh, Exactly, yeah. It's it's tough, isn't it? Because then you're dealing with that injury and also the psychological component of having to like rebuild from a lower point than where you were.
0: Yeah, knowing you're going to have to start out as a not a beginner again um but yeah i'm gonna have to like take that journey again um but i kind of i guess it gives you the opportunity to do things right to some extent um, yeah which i always felt about um uh, so i've just i, I had a adductor tear from trying to do chess but watching too much jujimufu was this just um, recently yeah like probably about six weeks ago
1: oh damn um, dude that sucks
0: yeah if if you want to see like Quite a quite a good bail from uh, from some chair splits. Like I put it on Insta. Or I'll, 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 uh, I'll yeah, send show you me, it show afterwards. me,
1: show me. I want to see it. Yeah, Do you want to see it now? Yeah, why
0: not? Or, yeah, I'll send I'll send it to you. Um, but basically, I was just doing some splits on probably a somewhat dodgy setup. At the end of the day, um, it was you know I was using these these IKEA sliders and uh, I was sliding out into splits and they were kind of like jolting and moving and just you know Uh, my uh, my splits were feeling good that day and i was like you know what i'll I'll give it a go i'll see what happens and then yeah i had like i felt in in the hip i felt that like it wasn't like a tear it wasn't like a pop it was like i could i could feel the muscle stretching but in a in a not so good way
1: did you did you feel like deep up into like near like your groin belly button region like was it like that kind of sensation up there no or? no
0: it wasn't it wasn't in the abdomen it was like it was just like localized it was like adductor magnus sort of thing
1: okay good good yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah. um and i sort of was like i managed to like hop out of it didn't really hurt at the time but then like in the evening i couldn't like I couldn't even walk up the stairs for the for like the first few days it was it yeah was of course because
1: like the adductors like one of the adductors is a big sensor so if it was the magnus yeah that makes sense
0: yeah well, it was like the weirdly enough you know, I didn't have too much pain with my legs in abduction or going out. It was, it was like if I was to stand and do a hamstring curl, that would have been like the uh, most pain.
1: Ah, right, yeah, yeah, damn. Uh,
0: yeah, I, th- I think, if, I think it actually came from because I've just sort of set the Nordic as a bit of a like a a second sort of goal. It was, it was I've been enjoying training it, and I was like, oh, I've never actually got this one like full range. So I've been doing quite a lot of work on that. And I don't know if there was like some some fatigue there that. Would have affected the the middle split or something. It was basically just being dumb. You
1: know? It was. It's like like any injury. It was just too much load too soon, and especially with your adductors in that elongated range, trying to if it was like the chair slipped a little bit, that yeah, quick contractions. It's brutal.
0: Yeah. So um, that was not so fun. No. <laughs> but you know what? Now now you can like you obviously. If you'd injured yourself, you then got the experience of all your training beforehand. You'd be like, okay, well, if I was to do this again, because you kind of got the opportunity again, like, what would I do differently?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a hard pill to swallow, but you've got time just to reflect. And that's the best time to be like, I did this wrong. I could do this better. Yeah, we all go through that.
0: If you were to train the planche again, what would you do differently?
1: Not train Train legs. legs. (laughs) So seriously. (laughs) Really, man, it's like, it's... (laughs) Because you look back on it now and you're like, I, mean, I, I probably took six to eight months longer than necessary just because of that simple fact. Mm-hmm. So I, I, my advice would be those that are doing leg training, don't do hypertrophy focused, high volume girth building <laughs> training. <laughs> just just keep it low key. Just uh, prioritize the planche. Um, in addition to that, uh, planche would have been a lot easier if not going so hard on other pushing movements.
0: Okay, were well you training a lot of like handstand push up, ninety degree push up at the time?
1: At the time was yeah. yeah. Could
0: you do the ninety degree push up before you could do the planche? I feel like yes. that's a yes.
1: Yeah. So was bent, bent arm strength always came easier for me and still does actually, than yeah the straight arm stuff.
0: Okay. Um, what you know, if you were to think back, like what sort of level were you at? i guess maybe at the time that you had the planche but then also maybe when the time when you started was there like a big jump between for the sort of the bent arm strength side of things like how many handstand push-ups how many i was was
1: pretty strong with the bent arm stuff when um yeah seriously starting the the uh, planche training so like uh no issues doing like five by five with the deficit handstand push-ups kind of like you know Full range,
0: okay. Like Chester, Chester box sort of thing.
1: Essentially, yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, weighted dips, like five by five with like around seventy-ish, eighty kilos. So
0: that's like close to body weight for five by five.
1: But I guess the takeaway for people listening is like, there's a certain point where that's like excessive. Like, (laughs) you don't you don't need that much uh, foundational strength for planche. So my my regret was. Trying to continue pushing that to such a high level, because think about it, yeah, it's it's just going to fatigue you locally and centrally, which is just wasted uh, training juice, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I
0: mean, definitely. I mean, if you're training both at the same time. Yeah. But also, I think probably you're emphasizing the one thing that a lot of people and I certainly made the mistake of. Was like not having that foundational strength. So when I when I first started coming to calisthenics, I was I'd been lifting weights for a couple of years. So I actually had a pretty good foundation of like you know some bodybuilding, some powerlifting stuff, which meant my bent arm was pretty strong. And to begin with, I saw some great progress with planche and then it just started to taper off, and it then it just got worse. And that was because Um, I I didn't I like I was like I went straight to specialization. And I didn't actually spend much time with just like preparation. So I was just taking all the, the last two or three years of, of weight training. And once that kind of fizzled out, that's when I kind of hit that uh, plateau and just kind of a brick wall when it came to plant training. And that's when I then ended up doing just some other things because I was like, oh, well, this is never going to happen. I'm tall i I'm blah, 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 blah. All yeah, these yeah. other excuses. Whereas in reality, it was like, I just didn't spend enough time on, on basic stuff really. Yeah, I that's think.
1: what most people do. It's like that first 12 months should be just on pull-ups, push-ups, dips, handstands, handstand push-ups, maybe some muscle-ups in there to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah. But Dan, yeah. I've seen
0: your video that says don't do a muscle-up.
1: Oh, I mean, well, <laughs> welcome to YouTube, Tom. <laughs> You'll learn a thing or two, mate. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm I'm it's, a, it's a calisthenic staple, mate. It's all right. Yeah, no, it
0: is it is. It is. You've got, you know, if you can't muscle-up, then...
1: What you are know, you doing with your life, yeah, if you can't muscle? <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I think, I think that's probably the, the best advice. But obviously, know, like some people want to do the fun stuff, which is, uh, which is the specialization stuff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it is. I mean, like, just pay your dues in that first year, work on the basics, get some muscle, and then you can teach it how to do the cool specialization stuff without going so hard on the foundation stuff.
0: Yeah, yeah. Definitely, the, the sort of the more, the more excess fluff that you can take out and and just keep it specific. Definitely, definitely seems to benefit. Um, and again, like I made that same mistake when I when I was training it beforehand. I was doing planche, handstand, push up, one arm chin up, all at the same time.
1: What have you noticed with um, like the calisthenics bodyweight community recently? Like, do you feel that people like doing? sets and reps with weights, or do you feel people are doing more skill-based stuff? What do you, you see is the most popular these days? Um,
0: I feel like it is more skills-based stuff, I think still. I think handstand's become majorly popular as well. Yeah. Um, which is great. I think has handstand's, like, handstand's just a super, is a fun thing to learn. I think the two-arm handstand as well is is, you know, very accessible to pretty much everyone given a bit of time and practice and and yeah. then you can just start playing with things and it's kind of, it's kind of cool. Um, but I, I'd say, I think the skill stuff is still pretty big. I think obviously the the plants and that side of things is big but I think um, you don't see it so much on like YouTube or stuff because kind of it's been and done in terms of the videos that have been made on it. It's like there's any there's only so much like, so many talking about plants progressions and all sorts of stuff that videos that people can make and like once one's done that's pretty good then kind of people tend to like leave it I think
1: yep 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 yep
0: so I think I, I think it's one of those things that you don't seem to hear much about um, but people are still working on. I think as well like in the the relative bodyweight fitness stuff because obviously they've got the, the recommended routine but they've got that kind of more analytical approach to training it seems to be something that um, is a bit perpetrated in there it's like you need you you know you have your vertical push and your vertical pull horizontal push horizontal. That's like that's how they you know if you were to read through the reddit that's how they lay out their training so I think people get the impression that you want to train everything at the same time
1: uh, I see and that's probably the most popular resource for people getting started
0: yeah yeah so I think when I when I when I look through comments or I interact with people that's probably the most common thing they're like oh but I need to balance out my shoulders for, for this and that and make sure I'm doing and I'm like, yeah, you do in, like, the broad picture of your overall training. But for those specific periods, like yourself, when you were working at planche, I'm sure like, all you were doing was, you know, your planche work. That's,
1: yeah, like, know, it depends it, on what, what you really want to get. Like, there's a difference yeah. between beginners and, yeah, that specialization.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, when you're doing that, as you said, that general work, the, you know, handstand push-up, pull-ups, dips, rows, etc., that's when you get your broad... Foundation, you do a bit of everything, you build up general strength, muscle mass, and then when you do specialization, you don't need to worry about always training your hands and push up while you're doing your because
1: Yeah, yeah, the... yeah. So, do you think it's it's our job to keep teaching the fact that things need to be phased in and out? Like, you, you just don't want to keep adding more and more and more as you learn more and more and more?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I don't know. It's, it's, that's a really hard one to communicate, though, because it's quite individual.
1: Yeah, I know, I know. Based on um, so many factors, exactly.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, how much training have you done in the past? Like, what, what what sort of stuff are you doing outside of your training? Like, are you doing a sport? Are you really busy? Have you got a family? And that's all going to start eating into the things that you can actually do. Yeah. Um, and, Yeah right I forgot what I was going to say. You're going to say
1: that that's why they should take up coaching with you for an individualized, <laughs> highly tailored program from an expert but in the field.
0: Actually, to be fair, I, that's why I think that your... Because your programs do that really well. You have single goal programs. Really, exactly. and that's
1: I'm glad you identified that because that's why I do it as opposed to a single... Uh, it's only just clicked
0: genuinely only just clicked i was like oh man oh damn of course dan does like there's the lever pro the planche. there's a method to his madness and he's going to teach
1: people how to do side (laughs) splits and they're going to achieve it because they're going to work on one goal who would have thought yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah but it's like you can get all these movements independently the more specialized they are and then the actual maintenance of them isn't as hard i'm sure that your mobility stuff for example you don't have to work as hard on that as it took you to acquire it in the first place
0: yeah i mean definitely i actually didn't stretch pretty much i say i didn't stretch i did like very minimal sort of stretching i do as part of a bit of handstands for like a year and just to see like what would happen yeah right and i didn't really lose any flexibility like positions felt less comfortable yeah but the actual like if i could squeeze out still the same range of motion that i had beforehand i think i probably lost about five centimeters on middle splits, probably it wasn't quite as perfectly flat on front splits, but actually didn't change too much. It was kind of interesting.
1: Do you attribute that to you using like active mobility methods, like weighted movements, controlling yourself into the movement, as opposed to purely passive? Like that's that would have been the majority of your practice, right? It would be like more movement through range.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it definitely like I started off with just the passive stuff. It was like. You know, I do when I first started, I couldn't touch my toes, and I was like, Oh, I should stretch this. So I did like this a stretch every day, and then I'd go on YouTube and then I'd find another stretch, and then it like eventually became this like 30 45 minute sort of just passive routine that I'd do each night. Um, And then I discovered the loaded stuff, and that's you know, I maybe saw the progress that it took me a year to make, I I made in like a few months with the the loaded stretching. So it was definitely, um, it was way better. I don't know if that's what kept it for the long term though. I think it's just I think I stopped stretching after doing it for like three years uh,
1: uh, regardless, regardless of the modality you had a lot of like input during that time whether it was passive or active you were just doing it
0: yeah exactly and I'm sure I'm sure maybe if you didn't I'm, I'd be really interested to see where your planche is now like just you know because obviously you've still kept up your general strength training your, your you know obviously you're, you're more focused on your flexibility stuff yeah but I'd be interested to see how much don't call me out tom don't call me (laughs) out bro (laughs) we're
1: probably we're probably honestly an advanced tuck or something like that it wouldn't be great i'm sure man it's not yeah
0: maybe the planche isn't a fair skill because the planche is very specialized
1: i can still front lever does that count
0: yeah i mean that's a like front lever probably handstand push-up you can still bang out
1: yeah yeah I'm, i'm i'm sweet with those don't worry yeah
0: yeah so it's an interesting one like what you can keep and what you lose um like the one arm you obviously were training the one arm hands and we trained in london with it yeah yeah that's Um, awesome
1: skill but like i told you i had to i hit a ceiling with that particular movement because i didn't have the mobility to do it justice in terms of like you're a lot more um, able to explain this than me but it's like when it comes to hand balancing stuff the more stacked your joints are the easier time you're going to have for, for harder movements and like with my one arm because I didn't have that good shoulder flexion, thoracic extension, just having that lack of mobility means your body rotates. And then when your body rotates, you've got to use more strength. And then when you're trying to use more strength, it makes the balance harder. So it was no good for me.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I feel you there because my my shoulders still aren't, like my shoulders still aren't good in in hand hand balance zones. They're like, they're acceptable um acceptable yeah like yeah. a
1: circus person would be like is okay yeah this He's is okay not, yeah. not, not bad not bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I, I definitely like people who can do maybe like a tuck one arm for example yeah like that like i i, I would I, that's just impossible for me at the moment yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah but other stuff i can i can hack my way around um I've, have you been training the one arm since you've been doing more of the flexibility
1: stuff I haven't no. I've just been purely focusing on this and just um, yeah, just general calisthenics compounds because it's uh, fatiguing when you're trying to push the envelope with mobility stuff. Like it's very taxing. In addition yeah, to the it's, content creation, said, it's
0: weirdly taxing. It's not the same as you don't you don't finish a session like you'd finish a you know heavy strength session.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. You
0: feel wiped, but you feel the same. You feel the same kind of that fatigue feeling, but minus the pump or the rest yeah of it.
1: minus all the good stuff so you just get all the, <laughs> all the neural fatigue and as you were just saying before it's like you kind of feel a bit like loose and like a bit floppy even if you do <laughs> even if you do use active methods your body's just not used to it yet. yeah do you
0: know have you seen um have you seen harry potter yeah you know that do you know uh, i think it's in the the third film chamber of secrets it's the second film chamber of secrets and harry breaks his arm and then he does the spell to like get the bones back and then his arms just like plum.
1: yeah yeah that's <laughs> exactly that's how gonna... i feel pretty much multiple days a week <laughs> your limbs up. yeah yeah it's like my shoulders can do this i've got articulations whoa this cool <laughs> so your your goals moving forward planche is the focus what else are you doing in your training otherwise
0: um so i'm still doing quite a bit of one arm stuff because I've kind of the last three years have been a grind and then now I'm doing like the fun stuff I can just play a little bit with the one arm which is fantastic good so I'm still like I'm just I'm basically a lot of probably the training sessions for the past year have been a bit painful to do and so now I'm like enjoying my training technically I should be giving it up a little bit for plant stuff yeah it's it's enjoyable so it's like a, a bit of a struggle there
1: that was going to be my next question. How do you find in this short period of focusing on both? Has it, has one affected the other? Do you notice a bit of a difference?
0: Yeah, I feel like the learning the one arm has made my upper body just generally way stronger for lots of things.
1: Is that because you were doing like um, you were practicing like shoulder press as well, which feeds into the planche in some respect? Were you working on that?
0: I was. Yeah, I was. I was. I got five shoulders. That was the the as I was like building up this, and I was like, well. Kind of, <laughs> that's
1: good, man. Was, that's really good.
0: Yeah, I was. It was. I was surprised. Like, I've never had a pump doing handstand presses.
1: <laughs> oh damn! Now you're entering, you know, bodybuilding territory like, for yeah, like, like hypertrice, press. <laughs> presses. <laughs> <laughs> that's the next program. Like two people bite. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: it's a big time under tension move. Um, yeah, true. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think definitely. But actually, when I was first training the one arm, probably like i've always struggled with handstand push-ups i've never made much progress with them and then maybe like six months into training the one arm i suddenly could do like one or two handstand push-ups in a set and i hadn't been training them It was just because my i don't know like the traps the, the shoulder structure in general got stronger from doing fingertip support
1: yeah right yeah
0: and i think maybe like when you went into one arm you probably already had that yeah that base that it didn't really affect you too much but yeah i saw i saw massive just general strength improvement and i think again like i hadn't even trained planche and i gave planche a go after probably a year year and a half of doing one arm and it was stronger
1: nice um, good good good
0: without training it because of because of the one arm. side i think it helps um it's helped but, but probably
1: the concurrent uh trying trying to concurrently do both and progress with both you yeah won't, you you won't have that same result I'm no sure. I,
0: I think it's just helps with like capacity as well because obviously i was doing you know Eight to ten hours a week of handstands—that's a lot of time in uh, on the traps on the anterior delt. Yeah. Um, so there's like there's a lot of general work capacity there. Um, yeah. So now I'm doing maybe like thirty to forty-five minutes four times a week. So it's, it's way way less like a quarter of what I was doing beforehand.
1: The handstand is the ultimate travel exercise, isn't it? Like you, you could be going to bloody airports and being that guy yeah. if you wanted to be. You could, <laughs> always, you could always get it done.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's and, it, and it's. Although it is probably it's more pushing focused, I feel like I get because of the traps are yeah. so heavily yeah, used, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like I get a reasonable, like full upper body workout from doing it.
1: So even forearms, for like if you if you're pushing it hard, your your like finger flexes and stuff, it's it's pretty intense in yeah, the yeah, forearms.
0: Yeah. It's heavy. Um so yeah, I'm doing that and I'm currently I'm still like, I'm transitioning to the specialization of planche. So I'm still working um, 90 degree push-up, handstand push-up quite a lot.
1: Sick. Yeah. Oh, yes. You're spending a bit of time on that to, uh, in the hopes of giving you that base for the for the planche progress.
0: Yeah. I've, I, I feel like you said the, the bent arm stuff came easily to you, whereas I've kind of found the reverse for pushing. So right. Like my straight arm is always kind of the, I think maybe probably because I've just trained it more. Um, i think and, so yeah
1: well,
0: especially in the past like, i've always found that it's it's not necessarily come easy but like it's kind of been there and the bent arm's been a bit of a grind um but i've just found that like working on 90 degree push-up because it kind of has that lean aspect to it you, you know, when you're holding the bent arm planche to the bottom
1: yep 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 yep
0: um and and then even doing some like planche holds with like slightly bent arms so it's not perfectly straight but it sort of brings in that muscular system and and you're able to just like I don't, I don't know. I'm, I I can't quite bring in the chest as much as I'd like in straight arms. As soon as I bend the arms, it's like it's yeah. that little bit more intermuscular coordination that I can just hold. Nice. So it seems to be it seems to be helping out at least. And then I think probably um, yeah the next six months to a year will be like okay all, all in on the planche and let's see what happens.
1: Oh, is it? Um- are you trying to take it to the full planche? That's the question. Nah, it's not. It's not even, it's not even
0: <laughs> in the realms of possibility.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's funny. I'll get on my comment section sometimes. Someone must have like watched my road to straddle or something, and then yeah. they'll they'll comment on one of my more recent stuff. It's like, oh, Daniel, how's the planche going? You got the full planche yet? So I think people think I'm still battling away at the planche, but yeah, that was shelved a long like- time ago, boys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I feel like that. I wanted to chat to you a bit about that because I feel I never I never got the answer. Like what happened? You sort of like the planche just dropped off the face of the planet. Obviously, you stopped training it. But I-
1: my, my goal was to do a five-second straddle planche and with full honesty, just the amount of effort, time, and commitment it took for me to get that five seconds, it really pushed me and I would have had to given up something which I wasn't willing to do like Stop training legs so much. Stop doing other calisthenic stuff in order to get that full planche in a Mm. timely manner. Like if I kept going with the other workload and tried to do full planche, it would have probably taken an additional year or two to get there. So, I mean, it's like like everything. Do you reckon you
0: could have got full? Do you reckon you could have got it?
1: So I don't like answering these questions because like 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 that because if I was with the same approach, I probably couldn't have got no. I think I'd, I'd have to give up something to get the full okay. and if i was to keep going as i would i wouldn't have got no no way but i mean like i just want to say with that it's like you need to have your goals be satisfied when you achieve them and then also weigh up like the opportunity cost like man for what i wanted to convey and learn from the the planche journey i got it like i'm able to teach others how to do the same thing but like the, the time, commitment and resources required to, to get a full one. It's not really something I, I want to commit to. It's like... Psh.
0: No, no, I get that. Um, how did you, from a, from a personal perspective, having worked so long to achieve like one skill, one thing, was it easy for you to give that up and be like, I've, I've, I've achieved what I set out to do. Like now's the next one
1: initially no but then after a while you realize oh i'm trying to do this and push this goal still and want to work on other stuff why am i not improving might be that plant you're trying to do, mate. (laughs) might be time to let that go so i'm answer to that is initially yes but then eventually once i started to do it like once a week and then every second week i'm like oh I'm feeling a lot fresher. My recovery markers are a lot better. I'm seeing progress. Then I realized, yep, listen to the advice that you give other people and actually apply it yourself.
0: Okay. And I was like, you know, you you were happy that you'd achieved it once and that was it.
1: Yeah, because I mean, like I said, I set the goal. I I personally achieved it. I worked on my other goal, which was synthesizing a program to help others achieve it. I, I ticked that box. I, I retired from it, so to speak, <laughs> for it's now. I'll never say point. never say never to picking it up again in the future because it's like you said, it's a it's an awesome skill to to work on strength skill.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're right though. It's, I'd say I'd equate it to you know maybe like the one arm handstand, yeah, uh, or something. It's just you know that highly specialized.
1: But I reckon in the future, like working on things that are going to improve it without doing it directly first. So my example for that would be uh, something that I haven't pursued in the past is like a, a stall to press or getting really good at pressed handstands. If I was to work on that, I would develop straight arm scapular strength, pushing strength in the same pattern. And then if I get the taste for that strength, then I can be like, "Oh, getting to the planche with a better yeah, base yeah. than just going from doing back bridge for the last year to be like, I want to do planche. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Honestly, you're saying train back bridge for a year and I'm like, I would honestly want to kill myself. <laughs> like That's, the, that's but, a nightmare but I of mean, training.
1: Man, you know what it's like when you've been doing something for so long, uh, you want to make your training fresh and focus on different goals. Like, okay, what? What's the next thing for me? Do a 100 kilo weighted chin-up. All right, do 10 one-arm chin-ups. What's... Yeah, yeah It's yeah. the point, man. It's like, you got to... I don't know. It's like, for me these days, it's less about... You need breath. Yeah, well. breadth, exactly. And like for me, I get more joy out of the teaching than trying to do 15 of something instead of just mastery of a respectable amount.
0: Yeah, I, f- I feel like that as well. I feel like the chasing numbers is a bit of a, a grind that I'm not particularly motivated by.
1: Yeah, yeah. I like mean, I each their, of their of own because I, th- I think, sorry to interrupt you, but I think with yeah, you, yeah. you in particular, it's like your 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 gift as well is is teaching other people in a really succinct way it's like not to take away from people that are incredibly strong but there's like so many people that can do five second straddle planche it's not special by itself but it's the fact that you've achieved a certain skill and you can actually teach it as well
0: yeah I, i've i've been withholding making any sort of like proper planche content or, tutorial or anything like that because i'm like i can't do the thing when i can do the thing maybe I'll make a video on it. Um, Yeah,
1: yeah, but I mean, even still, if you did like, even if you showed some type of progress or transformation relative to your situation, people love that stuff. They always love those videos.
0: Yeah, 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 it's true, it's true. Well, we'll see it in six months, eh?
1: Oh yeah, next thing you know, he's just gonna be doing like a full planche. He's just like, (laughs) humble brag.
0: Yeah, it's like kind of that blue pizza moment. It's like, actually here's one that I made earlier. Yeah, like, yeah. I've had I've had the straddle planche for years now. I've just kind of been I've been keeping it on the down low.
1: You're just <laughs> waiting for it to peak in popularity. There's no there's not a lockdown, <laughs> everyone does car sakes again. Oh, oh man. man. You guys had it on a side note had it very tough with uh training circumstances amidst uh things being restricted and closed. In UK
0: yeah I mean like gyms were closed for. we we haven't I actually went to the gym for my second session this year at the gym yesterday so um, what's that may <laughs>
1: yeah Wow. Well, yeah that's um, that's tough that just not a change of environment yeah it's
0: tough to, to be fair I actually I really enjoyed training outside and it's a different sort of enjoyable to training outside in Australia because we we don't have your weather but I actually haven't because for me, I, c- I couldn't train indoors. That wasn't enough separation, as you talked about, like, that change in theory. But if I went outside and I trained, it was fine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I got really used to training outside, you know, whether it was, like, minus Celsius. i just, like, light a fire. <laughs> just, just sit awesome. by, like, a, like an, a washing machine drum. And like, this turned into, like, a fire pit. So i probably looked like a homeless person, like, sat outside doing handstands <laughs> next to this fire.
1: With some fing- but, fingerless gloves or something. Yeah, like... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, it, was, it was, like... A separate challenge in and of itself. Yeah. Um, it's just to train outside and like if it was raining or whatever, like still get the session done, still get the training done. Nice. Which I actually, I really like that. And I went to the gym yesterday and it was like loud. You would have been so really...
1: overstimulated, weren't you? You like, there was all this banging and stuff happening, music.
0: The one thing I noticed the most was that it was really hot. I think I've just got used to training outside and it's being cold. Yeah. And like Everyone was walking around in like, you know, a couple of layers. And I was like, I was dying in a t-shirt i was like why is this, <laughs> why is this so hot in here?" um yeah
1: man but
0: yeah needless to say i haven't done much leg training which probably will help the planche um but obviously with the with the adductive strain um that was kind of stopped anyway but i was yeah only really focusing on the on the nordic so yeah yeah um, there may be some weight working its way in but it uh, pretty minimal for the moment
1: just keep it keep it tame don't go too hard with it with the planche as per my uh, yeah advice.
0: well i have i have a bit of a natural restriction in the sense that i just haven't trained legs for, <laughs> yeah. for a long time Tom, tom's I got a natural
1: aversion to all things leg training
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly I can't, I can't i can't train it hard even if I wanted to
1: oh man that's just i don't know it's just something special about doing it and doing the bodyweight stuff it just it having that like you don't get that kind of um intensity of push because the muscle groups are so large in your legs. I feel that it gives you this extra level. Bit of bro science here, but I feel like it's, it gives that extra bit of a push or just awareness of how hard y- you can go with other stuff.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's bro science though. There's definitely there's a there's a mental restriction aspect. Um, it, it like you, obviously, you think about like the four minute mile when that was first broken, and then like nobody had done it. And then the next year, like I think, fifteen people did it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And it's that like, and I do think that there's certainly an aspect to training because when we train to failure, like we're not actually training to failure. Your 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 brain stops way before your muscle reach. I think it's about you deplete about sixty, is it 60 or seventy percent of your ATP stores, and and that's when your kind of your brain will cut things off. It won't actually. Let it's you
1: like a natural protective point. mechanism.
0: Yeah. So so most people actually, you know, it's very subjective what what pushing yourself is in the gym
1: yeah that's a whole other story i'm sure with your recent return to the gym you just look around at the level of exertion and effort and uh, i just you just sometimes wish that people would just be training a bit harder maybe they're not tracking what they're doing
0: yeah yeah i don't know if it's just like just people just rock up and do and it's the sort of people who do see not much change in over a period of time as well um uh I don't know if you, do you follow at all Jeff Nippard?
1: I do, yeah. That He's excellent in that bodybuilding, powerlifting world. Absolutely great. Oh,
0: he is. Did you watch his, I think, a fairly recent video, which was what does zero reps and reserve look like?
1: I saw it was posted, but I, I skipped that on my subscription feed. Hopefully no one does <laughs> that for my content.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually, I, I, I could give it a watch, and I was like, actually, this is a pretty good, like that was, a, he, he did a really good, an example way of like, okay, this is what it looks like with your training to failure, and and nice. this is what it looks like. With like so, would four, he he talk- would have
1: genuinely went to failure? Was he like for that video?
0: Um, no, he was sort of like he was talking about like practical applications and examples of like how 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 close do you need to push to failure to get some good stimulus? Like, what does actually somebody pushing close to failure look like?
1: Yeah, yeah, and, uh, like- and
0: he sort of chose some elite elite level sort of people to do those comparisons on as well.
1: Right. I think people that are listening should understand that when we say like effort, it doesn't mean like going balls to the wall on your, your movements that could cause harm, like, you know, dips or something yeah, yeah. like that. It's like if you were doing some type of like isolation-based work, say like bodyweight tricep extensions, you don't have to train like a pussy on a bodyweight tricep extensions. <laughs> Local no, muscle fatigue. Train... Yeah.
0: yeah. But like, I don't know, handstand push-ups, chest to wall, to failure probably not the best
1: great that's actually a really good example because it's like there's a there's a large skill component to that strength move you don't just turn yeah. it into an incline press banana back move.
0: no exactly 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 so um yeah it's a, it, it failure is an interesting one um so you can definitely take it two ways like you can you can take the oh you should push yourself in a session to every single set and every single yeah, rep. Yeah. you should be going max effort
1: and and I think it's I think it's easier for people that just want to build muscle. Like just train if you just trained to failure, had no idea what you were doing, rested between sessions and progressed over time, you'd probably get better results than someone that's trying to undulating periodization and this, this yeah, and that yeah, yeah. for building muscle. But as you said, when it comes to strength, you need to have a more intelligent approach to see long term gains.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think as well, the muscle building things like, okay, how do I look? That's the only that's the only metric already going by. Yeah. And and fatigue does that. Uh, like going to failure will do that. But yeah, if you're yeah. trying to do strength training, you need to perform. If you're always going to failure, it's gonna it's gonna go down pretty quickly. Yeah. You're yeah. just gonna be fatigued all the time.
1: Especially as a more advanced practitioner, when you you, you fatigue, you fatigue big time too, because you're stronger, so you can generate more. Um, yeah yeah central fatigue oh,
0: fatigue more motor units and all these sort of things that the fatigue that you generate will be more than an amateur
1: whereas an amateur, most the, most beginners, beginners intermediates don't even have to worry about that because they'll make progress with anything <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, so just do something yeah yeah and consistently and just show
1: up have some fun oh
0: man well um, it's been a pleasure chatting to you anyway no nah, i man. I think we had some uh, some good conversations, so I'm gonna I'm gonna tie things off for the YouTube recording.
1: Oh no! So we're gonna we're get still. to the behind the scenes convo now. <laughs> 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 now it's good. Now none. we can Thanks. slate off
0: everyone in the fitness industry.
1: Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about all the gossip about uh, <laughs> Cal State movement and etc. etc. Now it's good. Yeah, Thanks for to, having to, me.
0: Didn't we say we need to start some drama? I thought I thought we had mentioned that earlier on.
1: Yeah, we did. It's like we're we're, we're growing cool too organically, out. doing things the right way. I think we need to start posting some more more selfies and. More I think we need to release
0: a supplement line.
1: I, I think so too, with a discount code from my own company. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh man, it was good. Nah, no, cheers for the chat, Tom.
0: That was a, it was a real pleasure, mate. Thank you.
1: Nice. No